1: Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. Along with Doug Lamery, Stephen Means is on vacation. We're kind of just rotating people in and out throughout the summer, and this is his week or two, I think, to be gone. So uh, he'll be back with us soon. But today it's just Doug and I for. A, a two-man edition of Market Down Monday, and we're co- looking at one of the new traditions of Ohio State football and who should wear the Block O jersey for the 2021 season. So, for people who don't remember, uh, this was a tradition Ohio State started last year in memory of Bill Willis. Uh, John Nathan Cooper was the first player to receive it. That player wears the number zero for. The season, and it's supposed to recognize character and uh, determination and fighting spirit and leadership and all those things. So you know
0: all that mumbo jumbo. <laughs> well,
1: what I was about to say was, like, <laughs> Doug, you and I, I think, are on the more jaded end of the spectrum when it comes to things like this sometimes, and that's just something that happens when you've been doing this for a while. And you've you've seen teams come and go. You've been at multiple places and you you the the, the platitudes that sometimes teams throw out there, you know which ones are real and which ones aren't. This to me, though, I think I see a lot of worth in this. I think this is a really uh, worthwhile gesture that Ohio State has done, mostly because they have tied it back to this guy, Bill Willis, who means a lot and has a great place in history, and I think it's a way to kind of keep his legacy alive more than it is the year-to-year recognition of these players.
0: I think general leadership discussions are boring and awful and stupid and fake, I think specific leadership discussions are can be interesting, and this is like a very specific thing. Like we're picking one guy because he does this and this and this, and he's special, and we're giving him this thing, which indicates something about the player, but also keeps alive the memory of one of the all-time great Buckeyes who holds a very important place in sports history as an African American player, both in college and in the NFL. And all of that is great. So yeah, I think a lot of the the thing that I hate the most about leadership is when coaches act like leadership is more important than talent, and it's like okay. I mean, like I get it, but there are like talented teams that if they lack leadership can tank for sure. But there are a lot of teams with good leadership, but who have no talent who go like two and 10. So, you know, I mean like leadership kind of can get you over the top when you have the talent, which Ohio State usually does. So then Ohio State, I mean, often leadership can matter, but I do think We can do a lot of mumbo. I was making fun of like the mumbo jumbo, like character or integrity. I mean, really, is that the corner I want to stake out on Buckeye Talk? I think character and integrity are stupid. I mean, that's not really what I'm saying. I think people in sports, journalists, coaches, can talk about leadership in a very platitudinal way that means nothing and too many journalists fall for it hook line and sinker but this is not that so like this is important and like i think it this will be a great legacy like we talked about it on the the friday podcast when we were watching Ohio State, Michigan 1979, and this is a different thing, but like Michigan sort of established this tradition of the number one jersey for receivers, started by Anthony Carter, which is just about greatness at receiver. But I like having like a jersey tradition that a number is tied to a thing and it signifies something and you earn it, it's bestowed upon you. I, I like every part of this and I think it matters.
1: So for people who don't know, I wanted to quickly run through the Bill Willis history because I think he is, I mean, obviously someone coming from the outside. I knew nothing about him before I got here and really didn't still know anything about him until Ohio State puts out a press release last year about the Blocko Award. And that's on me and that's on, I guess, all of us who should know more about this sort of thing. But Bill Willis is a guy from Ohio, um, from Columbus. He, after high school, he was such a big recruit. And, and recruiting was such a madhouse in the 1940s that he took a year off and worked. That was his big, like, recruiting splash was he just, like, went and, and worked somewhere for a year. Ended up at Ohio State. He actually wore number 99, which is retired. I don't know how many retired jerseys there are at Ohio State, but I don't think it's a lot, right?
0: It's most of, I think it's the Heisman winners and him.
1: Right. If I'm not mistaken. It's a a small group of guys. Um, He played on OSU's first national championship team in 1942. He broke the color barrier in pro football. This was a a few months pre-Jackie Robinson, I think, or weeks. But it was before Jackie Robinson. Um, He was an all-pro every year of his NFL career, according to one thing I saw. And then after he got done with football, he came back to Columbus and took a pretty modest job and was just helping youth in the community. I mean, that's the kind of guy we're talking about here it's it's again as much as you and i sometimes kind of roll our eyes because you know players come and go whatever there's always good leaders there's always good guys on every team but man this guy did some things that like should endure and and are very deserving of this kind of award
0: yeah which is why i mean things just came together and i I don't i I honestly i mean they did this whenever like a year ago i don't I, i don't know whose idea it was exactly but like whoever it was well done. Yeah. Cause it, cause it fits in every way. Cause Bill Willis and hopefully, I mean, we're doing a podcast about it right now. I assume there are a lot of people listening to this who are loyal Ohio state fans who know everything you just said. I'm also going to assume there are a few people listening to this who are loyal Ohio state fans who don't know about everything that you just said. And that's great if they learned about it for 30 seconds and it will help keep his, uh, his legacy alive.
1: So last year, the first winner, winner's not the right word, recipient was Jonathan Cooper, who previously had worn number 18 and it had something to do. I think it was a January 8th birthday. So that's how he came up with 18. So his number already kind of meant a little something to him, but he pretty gladly and um, with some humility, I think, took on that number last year and it seemed to mean something to him. So he was the first one to wear the block. O, the number zero If that. Uh, I don't think I actually said that up front, but last year was the first year players could wear zero. So this is how they decided which player would wear zero every year, because I think there was going to be something that a lot of players, a lot of recruits were going to come in and want that number. And this was, I think another smart way for Ohio state to kind of sidestep that a little bit and say, no, it's going to be for this like special reason that you get to wear uh, number zero, but he turned out to be, I think at the time, it, it sort of fit what we thought about Jonathan Cooper was like a, a guy who's paid his dues, a guy who was clearly had those leadership intangibles, and uh, a senior that had been around. You knew he was going to be a captain, so it, it, he kind of fit all of those things. And then the way he played, I thought elevated that more than than what we expected.
0: So I think we're going to get into this a little bit later because you you asked me to prepare this, like the idea of who are some other previous players who maybe if they had done this. 10 years ago, I've been covering the team for 16 years, would have been candidates for this. In researching that, I came to this conclusion, Nathan Baird, which why, which made this discussion even more interesting to me. In my 16 years covering Ohio State, I think it is possible that Jonathan Cooper is the best person I could think of in 16 years to do this and that he was the first person to do it. I think is ideal. And he's a Columbus guy. Yep. He, the, the fact that you talked about that bill Willis came back and worked in sort of a modest job and helped youth in the community. Jonathan Cooper gets drafted. The video of him getting drafted is him like hanging out with the kids in the neighborhood at yeah. his house and the kids coming to his driveway. And then I saw another video just the other day, like him throwing football in the backyard with like the 10 year olds in the neighborhood. And the fact that, he was a big-time recruit. He had injuries. He could have gone. He stayed. He didn't necessarily live up to his expectations for most of his career. And then in the end, after he gets the Blocko, he's their best defensive end. Like, he – honestly, I, I thought to myself initially going through this, oh, there's going to be great candidates every year. I'm excited to go through this. A- and there's not always the perfect candidate because I think we can talk about what we think the type of player, the attributes of that player that would fit this best. And it's like, well, like a coopish guy. (laughs) Like, I almost think we know what that means. It's like, what do you mean? Well, like he's good. He's a contributor. He's not a superstar. He puts the team first. He works hard. He represents the Scarlet and Gray in the best possible way. He's loyal. He's a senior. He's been around for a long time. Like all those things that you would say, It's like, well, like, you mean like Coop? And so, like, that part of it, that surprised me a little bit, Nathan. And I'll talk about the people on my list. He was a really good guy, not just to do it, but to be the first to do it.
1: Yeah, I thought last year there were actually. Besides him, I think you could have put forward Justin Hilliard in a lot of the same ways as being in in, along those same lines. I mean, a lot of those things you just said about Jonathan Cooper also apply to Hilliard. He actually just hadn't quite made even as much of an impact on the field, even as Cooper had until last year. So that was another person. They they just happened to be a team that had two guys who might have sort of fit that description. But at the time, I mean, I thought, like, man, this is like a really – Jonathan Cooper seems to, and again, I don't know him that well, didn't know him that well at the time, but at the time, very, seemed very much like the, the fitting tribute to pick him first to represent Bill Willis and the, 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 the legacy that he left.
0: Yeah, credit to Coop. Credit to Coop. And then to, like, rock it. Like, you put that blocko on, and then you play better than you've ever played in your life. What a, what a great tribute.
1: So who else did kind of jump out at you when you looked back over the past 16 years and, and guys who could have been recognized this way? So let me, let me ask this, because I think what we think, I'll be curious how you view it,
0: because the people I picked is based on my view. Do you think that it is probably not a superstar? Like, I'm not saying that Chase Young would be excluded from it. I'm not saying that, Justin Fields would be excluded from it but that's not exactly where my head goes when I think of this
1: I was actually thinking if they had started it a year earlier that it might have been Chase Young if he wanted the number I don't know if that's something they ask these guys too do they ask you do you want to be the 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 number zero but uh then then it gets into like a kind of a problematic thing if you're block O guy in the middle of the year is serving a suspension too. So I don't know. I, I, that's a really good question because I I quibbled with that with myself a little bit as I was trying to decide who I was going to mark it down as who I think will, will wear it this year.
0: Because like to me, there's a thing of like, well, you probably should be at least like a starter or a co-starter or something, right? You're probably not a walk-on who only plays special teams. I mean- I mean, maybe you would be, but like people have to know who you are, right? But I, I don't think it's a superstar thing because I think it's like, I don't know. I mean, Bill Willis was a superstar, but, but like there's almost like an underrated quality to it, right? That it's like a guy who's like team first, character, integrity, all these things, but maybe doesn't have a million other ways to get recognized. Because like if Chase Young got it, it'd be like, oh, Chase Young, he's a Heisman finalist. He set the sack record. He's an All-American. Oh, and he got this Jersey thing too. You know what I mean? We're like, Jonathan yeah. Cooper's like, Jonathan Cooper's like a really good player, but like, this is the best sort of thing that happened to him in his career. So let's, let's talk about 2019. Cause you were here for that. You're saying maybe it would have been Chase Young. The three names that I wrote down for 2019 were Davon Hamilton,
1: mm-hmm.
0: veteran fifth year defensive lineman who was a really good player an underrated recruit, worked his way into position, just, like, does everything. I think very Coop-esque in a lot of ways, except that Cooper was a bigger recruit. Uh, Jordan Fuller, who was, like, a guy we thought at safety that sort of, like, held the defense together and just like, a smart – he's, like, an academic All-American kind of guy. I thought Jordan Fuller made sense. And then Austin Mack at receiver, who was, like, a very involved guy off the field with social justice issues, like, that kind of thing, I think takes, like – would take this kind of honor like really seriously, and again, was like it was like a very good receiver, but was not a superstar here at Ohio State. He's in the NFL, but I mean, was not a superstar. So like those three guys to me all fit it a little bit better than Chase, and I only because like Chase is too good, and maybe that's unfair, but that's kind of what I'm thinking.
1: Well, but like Bill Willis himself was a great player. No, it I, wasn't know. Like he was, I know he uh... was a glorified manager like he was he was legit so i think that's i understand completely what you're saying and whether that there's there's a very modern way that we look at these things sometimes that i think creeps into this a little bit like we don't sometimes give the superstars credit for those little character things and we maybe sometimes give the guys who aren't as good too much credit for their character does that make sense yeah no it makes a lot of sense like you ah, you're not that talented you must be a great guy
0: because you're starting at Ohio State. Now nah, yeah. you don't seem that good to me. But boy, you must have a great work ethic. Your, like, your, oh, scrappy, maybe.
1: your scrappiness yeah. really makes up for your 5'9", uh, 40 speed and yeah. complete lack of strength. So, Speaking about myself, that would be what they'd be saying about me. So, I, so
0: I, I'm, I'm a little torn with it. But I, I'll go in reverse order. So those are the three guys I got in 19, 2018. And, and does it have to be a senior in your mind?
1: That was another question I had we were, I was going to bring up later, like as we kind of set the parameters for who it should be for this year, because I think there are some compelling candidates. I put out a poll as to who I didn't ask our readers, our texters to mark it down. I just asked them who they thought it should be. And I only gave them seniors as options. Uh, I think I gave them an, an other that they could write in. But I, I, I could totally be there's there's one big example in junior class that I think needs to be talked about. OK, or maybe two, actually, maybe two. Do we want to take a quick break before I list my guys? Sure. We can do that. Why don't we do that? Let's do that. Let's take a break and we will come back and, and Doug will keep uh, reminiscing on block O candidates from the past here on Buckeye talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye talk. We are marking down who we think Ohio state's block O Jersey recipient will be for the 2021 season. And Doug was kind of going back through the years that he's covered the team and, and pointing out some of the, the best candidates that he thought might have won this uh, worn this jersey in the past. So I think you were talking you were about to talk about 2018 and brought up the point of the difference between whether it should be a superstar player, or whether it can be a superstar player, or whether it should always be kind of the unheralded player.
0: There are some very good players on my list, though, I will, I will okay. say. There's at least one American on my list. Uh, all right, so 2018, I said Johnny Dixon, who wore number one but who was a receiver battled back from knee injuries. You thought his career was over and then just like comes back and sort of, he's that group with Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and Johnny Dixon, who are these great senior receivers, catch and passes from Dwayne Haskins. But I thought sort of the injury history of Johnny Dixon and what he fought back from. And I think he's like, everybody liked him. Um, 2017. This is a really good player. I thought Taquan Lewis fits a lot of the coop kind of stuff, but also by the way, he was the big 10 defensive lineman of the year. One year so, he's like a step up from Coop from a talent and production perspective, but he has a lot of the same, I think, qualities in sort of humble leadership, gets everything out of his talent. I mean, the guy's a second-round pick in the NFL. But I also thought Chris Worley was a guy who was just a great, I thought, just like, waited his turn behind Darren Lee, just a great kind of like, I was going to say ferocious. I mean, he just got after it. I just really liked Chris Worley and the way he handled himself. and not that it has to be an Ohio guy. Dixon's not an Ohio guy. Fuller's not. Mack's not. Hamilton was. Worley was. I think, I, like, in a tiebreaker because Bill Willis was from Ohio, maybe you lean that way a little bit too. Like, 2016, I didn't have a great guy. 2015, I said Joshua Perry, who was just like – I mean, he's their leading tackler. He's not underrated. But, I mean, it's just like a guy who just took care of business. We see him on the Big Ten Network now. He is just like a consummate guy you want in your program from top to bottom. I think Josh Perry would be great at it. 2014, national championship team, Daryl Baldwin was the right tackle, won the job as a fifth-year senior, guy from Solon, just again, fought his whole career, winds up being a one-year starter for a national championship team. I thought Evan Spencer, though. Evan Spencer's a starting receiver, but he's known for his blocking, right? Kind of always had that legacy of like, He's on the field. You need him on the field, but it's not because the way he catches the ball. It's everything else he does for your team. And then Steve Miller, who was another like he was a senior that year, the defensive end, again kind of like fought to earn a role. 2013, CJ Barnett at safety, who is now back with the team in that Ryan Stamper role. He went on to be a a police officer, and now he's back, sort of like as the player liaison for Ohio State. Like that's the like that's what Jonathan Cooper might be in ten years. Like that's the kind of guy. It's like, oh, the block. O, oh, and then he's a guy that you want around the program, around your players. I thought CJ Barnett was good. 2012, Urban Meyer's first year. I thought there were three candidates: Christian Bryant, who who also was around in 13. I think the other thing that could happen too, Nathan, is like if you have two great juniors, you might give one their junior year and one their senior year. If you kind of think, well, there's not a great senior, but we have two great juniors, so maybe Bryant would be more like 13. But Christian Bryant, uh, Zach Boren. As the fullback turned linebacker, and then John Simon, who's like an excellent player, but he's the guy that Urban Meyer has compared to Tim Tebow in terms of leadership. Just like I think one of the best leaders Urban Meyer's ever seen. 2011, that kind of weird year, the Luke Fickle year. I didn't have a great guy. 2010, Cameron Hayward, who's like a multi multi time All Pro in the NFL, was an All American at Ohio State, but again is just like stuck around for his fourth year, just like. He's the consummate Buckeye. I just – I don't know what else you want from a football player. He had the tough situation in his life with his dad, Ironhead passing away, and he just came here and got it, got after it from his freshman year. Great Buckeye. 2009, I had Chimdi Chekwa or Kurt Coleman. Again, just two guys in the secondary who just got after it. I had two guys for 2007 slash 2008. This might have been a case where, you know, you have them as – juniors but you also see him coming as seniors one is Malcolm Jenkins who I've said a million times on this podcast is the greatest combination of great guy off the field will absolutely kill you on the field that I've ever covered and then Marcus Freeman who is a Mm -hmm. rising star in the coaching ranks the defensive coordinator now at Notre Dame at Cincinnati for so long again battled through injuries but just like was a guy that you want 2006 I had Antonio Smith who was a walk-on who became a starting cornerback for a team that made the national championship game I think that walk-on factor would be something that if they ever, they they don't have it very often anymore. I mean, Antonio people love to talk about CJ Saunders. This is nothing against CJ Saunders, Antonio Smith, what Antonio Smith did for Ohio state as a walk on is dwarfs, what CJ Saunders did. So like that's, that's a guy became a starter who walked on and he's from Columbus. And then 2005, like this would be rough. Dante Whitner to me is just again embodies like professionalism. Get after it. He was a superstar. He was a top ten pick in the NFL draft. He's only here three years. So two thousand five, a third year junior, maybe he isn't going to get that. But Nate Sally, Nate Sally, who is again went on to be on the board of trustees at Ohio State, is just the just the consummate. He's like Coop in the defensive backfield. Was not a superstar player, but was like a really. Reliable multi-year starter at safety. So, I, there's a lot of good candidates. Most years, there's at least one really good candidate. But I honestly, I don't know that any of them fit it better than Coop.
1: I think that's a that's a great look back, and I, I think you bring up some good questions as far as like, should it be? Does it have to be a senior? Does it have to be someone who is, like, a vocal leader? Because Jonathan Cooper was clearly, like, an emotional vocal leader, kind of like a, just an explosive guy on game days before he ever got on the field with just some of the things you saw from him on the sidelines in the locker room and sort of things. This position and and whether you – not whether you're a superstar even, but should it be somebody who is a starter as opposed to if you're just picking a backup, does that lessen the impact? Like, I, I think there's a lot of questions that, that, that bounce around in there. I, I do think – I don't want this to just all be an exercise about like, cause whoever they pick, this is going to be a, a fitting, I think recognition of that person. But I did want to talk about how, what leadership is going to mean for this team in 2021. And I think it's a relevant question because all the people that you would have pointed to last year and said like their leadership influence means something. And that was where you're talking about Jonathan Cooper, tough Borland, Pete Werner, Sean Wade, maybe even like uh, several guys, maybe even Justin Fields, who became a captain at the end. And it seemed to kind of come out of his shell a little bit later in his career. Like all those guys are gone. So I do think it's whether, do I think that that right now stands out as like a weakness for this team? I don't, because I think that the, that void does get filled, but I do think there is something to be said for that void needing to be filled by somebody, I guess. We're, how much do you feel like leadership is a thing and, and where does this team stand on that?
0: This is venturing into the leadership conversations that I don't like.
1: Well, that's why I want to steer it towards one that, that so so steer it where it does matter.
0: Guys graduate every year and new guys have to come in and lead. I mean, I I I like I think Tyreek Smith can be a leader. I think Zach Harrison can be a leader. I think Josh Proctor can be a leader. On offense, they have everybody back. I think Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Thayer Munford and Nicholas Petit Frere and Harry Miller and, and all these guys are going to step in and do it. It is a little like the guy who's the guys who are going to have the ball in their hands, the running back and the, and the quarterback aren't very experienced probably assuming Trevor Henderson gets that job. I think master Teague will still be a leader, whether he's a starter or not. I think master Teague could be like the backup running back and the block O guy, you know, that's like, like that, that, like, cause I do think, to me, and again, this is just semantics and this is kind of like meaningless semantics. I don't even know, I don't know that your block O guy has to be a captain because I don't know that the block, I think the block O is more about embodying something than necessarily leadership. It's like you embody an ultimate selfless Buckeye, right? But I don't know that they're going to be like, hey, block O guy, get up and give a speech. It's like, let's, well, I don't think that's exactly what it is, right? So I think there is a little bit of a distinction here. So. I have a couple guys in mind that might embody something, but but might not, like be a an out front leader, and I and I think that's okay. Now it could be an out front leader, but I don't think it has to be.
1: Yeah, and I think you make a good point too. That I think what you look for in a captain is different than what you would need to see from the person that you give this honor to. Very much so. I think you could. You know, captains tend to be a little bit more like you look for maybe something that's more outward expressed. And I don't think that necessarily has to be a prerequisite of the block O recipient. And I think that that opens up a a, a wider range of guys who this could go to, as opposed to guys who you would consider for a captaincy.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think sometimes it, sometimes it will be a captain, but I don't think every time it will be a captain.
1: So let's talk about some candidates for Ohio state. Like I said, I basically on our tech subscribers, 614-350-3315, I asked you all to, vote on who you think it should be I didn't ask you to predict who it would be but I asked you to think who it who it should be one note I want to make on here actually we should talk about this first I included Thayer Munford on this list I don't think offensive linemen can wear the zero I think every other position can except offensive line for real that's I think so I'm I'm I, I tried to find that out for sure and I was struggling to find that out for certain I think the offensive lineman might still have to wear you know, tackles can wear certain numbers. Guards wear certain numbers. And um, I, I think offensive linemen might still have to wear bigger numbers, but I'm not 100% sure on that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I
1: wondered that too.
0: So, okay.
1: I don't know. Should, should offensive linemen be able to wear zero? I actually wish offensive linemen, like, if I could pick one person on this team to wear zero before the end of his career, it would be Dewan Jones because I want to see how big that zero can get.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be like uh It's gonna be like a like yeah, it's gonna be on its side. It's gonna be like <laughs> an like like an egg, more than uh than a block O. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't I I don't know. I was kind of hoping you would know because I was kind of. Thayer Mudford is an interesting, guy, and. I know they're doing this in, in the NFL. I think too, right? They freed up a lot of the number stuff, so it's a little bit antiquated. I think. Um, but to have it tied to position still, I guess there's a reason for it. So I don't know.
1: I, I I don't know it again, and I wish I had the answer to that. Maybe I'll find the answer and splice it in.
0: Splicing in in three, two, one. If you don't hold hear something, hold. Nathan couldn't find the answer. Hold for splice. Hold for splice. Buckeye talk. <laughs>
1: Uh, but he was one of the guys, obviously, that I included on here. Um, I'll just I'll just run down the list real quick: um, Marcus Williamson, Antoine Jackson, Dallas Gant, Seven Banks, Josh Proctor, Tyreek Smith, Taraja Mitchell, Jeremy Ruckert, Munford, Chris Olave, Haskell Garrett. Those are the guys that are going to be seniors that we expect to have real roles on the team. Anybody else that you thought deserved to be in the mix?
0: Uh, Teague, right? Who isn't a senior, but again, I think could fit into a veteran leadership role. Um, and it almost depends. It depends when they hand it out. Not that you would use. I don't think you should be using like the great legacy of Bill Willis to like cover your butt in position battles and be like, "Hey, well, uh, the freshman's going to start, but you want to be the blocko." Like that's not. But a veteran magnanimously handling being passed by a freshman and providing leadership and helping him along actually might be a way that you deserve the blocko. That isn't like the coach is like throwing you a bone because
1: you got passed on the depth chart. There is a player I forgot, and that's – I can't believe you didn't call me on it. A senior who could have a role on this team. Who? Demario McCall. Oh, uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I don't – no, you're like the uh, great DeMario backer of all time. And I left him off the list accidentally. It's six
0: years. I've been six, six years. That's not a shot at DeMario. It's just like, I mean, just best, of, uh, best of luck to DeMario. But at, at some point, uh, I've got to, I've got to find someone else to invest my energy in.
1: At this rate, he's going to wear the zero because it'll be like in, in on a Little League baseball field where the numbers per inning only goes to nine, and then when you oh. switch over to the next – so he'll when he gets here for his 10th year, he can wear the, the block O zero. zero. Oh, right. Yeah. Switches over to, to zero. I, I thought Teague from the junior class was the one that, that like, jumps out as, like, a potential candidate. I also think, though, Zach Harrison, the way they've talked about him this offseason made me wonder if that was – and he's another guy who's got the Columbus ties, another – defensive side of the field kind of guy so is if that was someone who they would put in the mix but i i think there are other guys who are probably ahead of him right now if if i was guessing
0: yeah and again just because i mean he could be back as a senior but i think i think
1: like i think tyreek smith might be just a little bit ahead of him um just based on being a senior yeah. And I thought somebody brought up a good point and I can't remember if it's one of the one I was playing to read, but somebody said something along the lines of this could end up, you know, the coaches are the ones picking this, I think, or maybe it's other players on the team. I don't know, but like it's, they're going to see things that aren't necessarily out there in the public. So it could end up being somebody that's like completely off the radar a little bit that not, not the obvious choice for, for us based on what we know from, from everybody on the team. So All right, we're going to take another break there. When we come back, we are going to share how the texters voted for this and give you our pick for who should wear the Blocko for Ohio State in 2021. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk, marking down who we think should wear, will wear, the Blocko jersey for Ohio State in the fall of 2021. Doug, who do you think won the text vote? It was a – they got 54% of the vote. Haskell Garrett. Haskell Garrett was the runaway winner, 54% of the vote. Who do you think was number two? Uh,
0: Tyreek Smith?
1: Tyreek Smith uh, did not get much support at all, actually. There were only three guys who – three guys combined to get about 92% of the vote, and he was not one of them. Huh. Was it Thayer Munford? Munford was third. He got about 16%. And Chris Olave got 22% of the vote. Okay. I wanted to kind of run down some of the thoughts that people had. Like I said, Garrett was the the runaway winner. And obviously um, would have been a guy who I think there was a compelling case for just based on what he ended up doing last year. Even had he not got shot in the face, very Soon before the season started, and having to go through that and come back and then play the way they did. Here are some of the, the text responses uh, from the 386. I will go out on a limb and say, if you step in to help a damsel in distress, get shot in the face, and then rehab and play two months later at an All-American level, you are considered Block O qualified. Well, that's pretty succinctly said. Uh, Anthony from Finley. For the survey, I was originally going to put Chris Alave because of what I think he means to this team. But you know who else has been on an incredible journey that made national news several times last year? Haskell Garrett. I know we're all kind of tired talking about that incident. Sorry, Steven. But when you think about what the Blocko jersey means, toughness, accountability, etc cetera, how can you not choose Haskell Garrett? Uh, from the 614, I feel the Block O should go to Haskell Garrett. I mean, toughness and character. He took a bullet to the face, breaking up a fight, came back and was just awesome and never would bring it up or use it as an excuse. Kind of what you want a player to be representing your school. There several people picking Haskell Garrett uh before we begin our our choices just w- your thoughts on how he 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 fits this description
0: no I mean I I mean it's what the texters said I mean not everybody can see it it's, I mean it's an unbelievable story that we still have not heard the full telling of he's gonna tell it to somebody I don't know maybe it'll be Tom Rinaldi's first big get at Fox now that he left ESPN that he'll get the full Haskell Garrett um fuzzy video images, soft music in the background. I'm not making light of the situation. I mean, like it's just it's an unbelievable story that we still I think Haskell Garrett going into this year, somebody will tell that story. And I mean how do you how do you argue against it? So I think it's it's such the overwhelming obvious choice. I'm not surprised he got over 50% of the vote in a very large field. And if I was betting my house on it, that's who I'd pick. But I could imagine a couple other guys getting it. Olave to me fits a little bit more of the he's a superstar. I think he is pretty quiet. It was kind of a big deal when he changed from 17 to 2 last year. And he's kind of got that CO two thing going now. Yeah. COO, that's a that's that's like a thing. Chief operating well, officer of the offense, right? If he was there's
1: like, there's that. There's also the fact that CO, it'd be like carbon, oxygen, oxygen, and still be CO2. Yeah, no, I don't
0: want that. <laughs> but, so, I just, I don't think it's going to be Olave. Like, I just, I, I don't think he quite fits it as well as a couple other guys do. So, if, to me, Garrett is the obvious, overwhelming number one choice, Olave would not be my number two choice.
1: Here's some people who picked Chris Olave. Ryan from Denver. Chris O... Lave is probably the most natural fit to wear the Blocko. Gus Johnson will enjoy this too much, though. In reality, I have no idea who the best locker room guy is that exemplifies what it is to be a Buckeye 365 days a year in all phases. Alave's story of an underrated three-star kid who worked his way up to starter, provided one of the best Buckeye redemption stories of all time, has decided to stay for an extra season, appears to be Block O worthy. I think that's there's some good points there. Uh, Evan from the 419 seems reasonable to believe it would be Chris Alave. He is in some ways the heartbeat of this team. He personifies the pursuit of a championship more than anyone given his mistake against Clemson in 2019 and him returning as a senior to take one last crack at it. Also I recall him saying that he switched to number two last year to represent his nickname of CO2. The number zero fits that bill as well. I guess he's saying he's maybe said, that you could do CO2. He's saying this thing you said. He's saying the thing.
0: He's saying the yeah, two. I of the two. Saying. Yeah. I think that's what he said. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and uh, so those are a couple of people picking Alave. I will say this. I considered olave more seriously after we did the untouchables exercise yeah because i thought you made a good point in that it's not just the people if you think of it only in terms of it going forward it was all going to be future guys the reason that some of the guys who are already here and are closing up their careers had uh, great value for that discussion was because of the the Thanos analogy—the finger snap—and then they never existed. And if you start to think of a world in which Chris Olave never existed, it it really leaves a hole at Ohio State. You probably say the same thing about Thayer Mumford too now being a, going in his fourth year starter at left tackle. But just think of the plays Chris Olave made as a freshman against Michigan. You think of the presence he had as a sophomore. You think of obviously the breakthrough he had last year and what he looks like he's going to mean to this year's team. I mean, it's just four years of a, a huge impact, and he isn't—he he is so much more a, a quiet presence than someone like Jonathan Cooper. Mm-hmm. But I understand why someone would would push for him to get this kind of recognition. I think it would be—I think someone they would find a creative way to make COO or keep the CO2 thing going, even if he couldn't be number two.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm diminishing the idea of it being Chris Olave too much. Uh, He's just so good. Like he's, he's the best, he's the best receiver in college football. So it's like, I think like he'll get his. So like, I just, um, that's not where my head goes. Kind of more on the chase young argument than anything else.
1: And third place with Thayer Munford, and he got a lot of support. By the way, I should say, a lot of people who – there were several people who picked someone else besides Chris Olave, and they recognized how good he could be for this award or recognition. I keep calling it an award. But they specifically said because of the CO2 thing that they thought it shouldn't be him. Yeah. So it's the, the name, image, and likeness and things are already kind of bleeding into the way people look at this team in and, and, and college football. Uh, w- one person, uh, RJ in the 513, I voted Munford for Block O. Four-year starters don't come, around at Ohio, don't come around often at Ohio State. He fought through injuries, had a breakthrough season. His growth and importance in the line has been enough to hold off Uber, Phenom, Paris Johnson Jr. And his second choice would have been none because he likes the idea of not having a zero, a Block O, if no one on the team meets the criteria. That's an actually an interesting question. Like, do you think there would ever be a year now that they've started this where they said, oh, no, nobody met the criteria? Because I think that you feel like you're saying something about your team if out of 90-some guys you can't pick one guy who sort of fits this criteria?
0: Yeah, that's, that's dangerous territory. I'd rather be – in for walk ons, then I think do that to my team. Unless you're, but again, like, unless you're trying to send a message, but then I don't really want Bill Willis's legacy used to send a message to a team that doesn't have its stuff together. So it's like, no, I, I think it's now that they're doing it, they're going to do it every year
1: i've seen I saw an example of a basketball team I covered one time where they they took the captaincy away from a senior and gave one to a sophomore like midway through the season so i've seen coaches do that sort of thing. I think to start the year and like have nobody though i don't know. I feel like like you're saying you also want to you want to keep that every year you get to bring up bill willis's name in a in a prominent way like I think that's one of the reasons why you're doing this, so I don't think there would ever be a year where they picked nobody
0: hey ryan uh why is there no block O jersey this year? Uh, because we have no leaders. It's like, oh, I, I'm going to write that now. Well, and the other I thing is, is,
1: again, I, I don't even know that leadership is necessarily the number one thing that, this, that has to be exemplified to get this. So they could pick a really high-character guy who is respected by everybody on a team. You yeah, it's more, like like there, there, there's always somebody.
0: We have uh, we have nobody with character on this team, so we can't hand it out. It's like no, that's like that. They're not they're not going to do that. They'll find somebody, and I just and there will be somebody. I mean, there really will. There really
1: will. So it's time for us to mark it down. And I I, I think there are several pretty solid candidates for this team. I ended up picking Tyreek Smith. I think he's someone who again kind of personifies a lot of those things. You stuck around for four years. You are an Ohio guy. You have – you've paid your dues to get to this point. You've been a contributing player. You've had to come back from some injuries and things like that. I think he's someone who has a voice that's respected on the team. He's someone who has – you were talking before about guys who have some of that, like, off-the-field social awareness and have, have made that a big part of their lives. He's another guy that you could say that about. That's obviously was, was something very prominent before he ever even got to Ohio State. He just seems like a guy that that really fits this description. The one hesitation I had is how many years in a row do you want to pick a defensive end? But that that seems like a secondary concern, especially when you're just getting the things started. You just pick who you think is the the best example of that. And uh, with his like very like sort of out, I, I I definitely see him. This seems to be also a year where he can take some of the space that Jonathan Cooper vacated in terms of leadership and things like that. Cooper had been here for a couple of years being a very like vocal out front presence. And this is a, an easy way for him to kind of just naturally step up and accept more of that this year. But also uh, it's, it's also a guy like Jonathan Cooper last year who more is going to be expected of on the field.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a really good pick.
1: Uh, I like it a little bit more than
0: I like the Haskell Garrett pick, which is was Steven's pick when he mentioned that on the Friday podcast, it's the overwhelming picked by the texters just again it's like Haskell Garrett was an All-American last year like he's he kind of I mean his story is is unbelievable but sort of before last year I don't know I mean he was a good player I don't know that he had a exactly what his impact was on the team has an unbelievable story but again I I think he'll get his I think Olave is going to get his and so I would pick and and I do if we're assuming that he's allowed to do it, and i do i I do think maybe he is, I would pick Thayer Munford that that he had a difficult upbringing, he fought to get here, he sort of had to make sure that he got all of his academic stuff in order so that he could uh, be ready to be at Ohio State. He fought for that Ohio State fought with him um People at Maslin fought with him. His mother fought with him, like, like not fought with him, but like, were behind him to fought for him. Put, yeah. fought for him to get in this situation. And as that texter said, I mean, he's a four year starter at left tackle, and he, the back injury, and that he's back from that. And he has just, and he is like the block. Oh, right. Like, he's going to block everything. And so while he, Locking, all, oh, yeah. While he also, I think, is going to get his because I think he's going to get some individual rec- recognition this this year, he kind of hasn't as much so far. But he is an Ohio guy. Uh, uh, he's j- and I think he's still. We do talk about him a lot. We kind of did a whole podcast on him with the PFF guy. But I mean, what he has done for this team is gigantic. And again, the Thanos snap your fingers and he's gone. They just I don't know who their left tackle is for the last three years. So. I think he's incredibly important. I think he is, he's been a little behind the scenes in a lot of ways along the way. He's fought through some stuff, um, both physically with the surgery and in his life, and I, and I just think he would really fit it. I really do think he would fit it, and I think he would embody it. But I think Olave's only knock is that he's too good. But I do think Garrett and Munford and Tyreek Smith all fit it like pretty darn well. Really, and 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 if you're okay with, you know, an all-American who's going to be a top 15 pick being it, then Olave fits it too.
1: You know, Munford having gone through just so much stuff before he ever even got to Ohio State, like you said, just a, a tough life. And then let's not forget, like he came back this year. Like he didn't, he doesn't have to be here. He came back this year. Um, football was, I think, obviously some motivation, but there were obviously some other things in his life that were motivating him to come back at Ohio State. He was like my number two guy, but uh, as I was coming to a decision, but I, I, the more I think about it, it's like he's an O-lineman. He blocks people. Like, there's a lot of th- fun you could have with that. If So, if, if the other reason, kind of almost my tiebreaker was I wasn't sure whether or not he would be allowed to. I don't know for sure that offensive linemen can wear a, a zero, but I think it, it puts... That if, if it can happen, it's almost the first time Ohio State has a chance to give it to an O-lineman, they should, because then that means every single game, somebody's going to be watching Ohio State and see there's a lineman down there wearing zero, being like, what's the deal with that? And there's a story behind it, and people are going to go find that story, and yeah. every every broadcast is going to bring it up. Oh, you know, he wears the block O because of these things, and Bill Willis, and then, like, it's, that story is going to just keep permeating.
0: Yeah, no, I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, maybe you have dropped in the fact already that he can't,
1: and then my opinion is invalid. Buckeye, i think we think he can. We think he can. We think maybe I misread something earlier. The one source I found that casts some doubt. We think that everybody can wear it. Now it's a question of whether they will want to or whether they'll let them. Whatever, what, what Ohio State decides to do with it. But we think he is eligible. Yeah, I think he should be. I don't think if if if. I don't, I don't remember from when I reported on this at the time. I don't remember there being them saying everybody but certain positions can wear a zero. I think it was up to anybody can wear zero. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he's eligible. Yeah, I think that's right. The the other vote getters, I want to run through this real quick. A lot of several people got zero or just a couple votes. There were a handful of votes for Jeremy Ruckert. I think that's a good candidate. Yep. A handful of votes for Taraja Mitchell, another guy who stuck around and and paid some dues. Uh, Tyreek Smith got some votes. Josh Proctor, I guess those are it. Those are pretty much the And then uh, DeMario McCall.
0: I I do think it's like even like a guy like Mitchell and Gant. I just like they've they haven't played very much. They're right. expected to start this year, but they haven't contributed so far nearly to the degree that Tyreek Smith and Haskell Garrett and Chris Olave and Thayer Munford and Jeremy Ruckert and other guys like that have. So I w- I would lower guys like that. I, I think when you get it. And while Coop had his best season in the Blocko, he had done things for the team previously, right? He had shown right. that he's a good football player. And it's just one of those things. I think, I mean, every coach says, this: it's it's hard to lead if you don't play, right? It's hard. You don't want your best leaders to be guys on the bench. So I, I think there's a, there's a playing time component of it that I think would go into what have you already done.
1: And I think, well, again, one of our texters said it well and that there could be some stories behind the scenes that we still don't know yet. We haven't found them out through our time around the team and they haven't been publicized. And maybe it comes to find out that, Oh, you guys have no idea what Dallas Gantt was doing for these guys last year during the pandemic or whatever. And that's why, um, so I, I leave open the possibility it could be that, but I think we've identified some, some pretty strong candidates and it'll be interesting to see Now, last year. It didn't get announced until October. It got announced like right before the season, I believe. Cause so I know I was in Indianapolis, like helping finish selling our condo. And I was sitting on the floor, writing up, story about Jonathan Cooper. So I assume this will come out in preseason camp. So it might be August ish when we find out.
0: I would not be surprised if this is announced at Ryan days, Tuesday news conference, the week of the game, although it's not going to be a Tuesday news conference. Cause they play Thursday. So everything's going to be moved up. We'll probably have that first it'll be the sc- week before, but yeah. I would imagine it'll be the week of the game, hmm. but like, it'll be a game week announcement. Like, Hey, camp is over. We're in game week. Prep. Here we go. Before I start my Minnesota news conference, I am here to announce the Block O recipient for this year is blank. That's how I would guess it would go.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Stay tuned for that announcement. Stay tuned for more Buckeye Talk this week. No, Steven, I am going to have BFF again, though, this Friday. We're going to have some recruiting intel. I'm going to be out at the day camps this week, just sort of hanging out, seeing what I can see. Kayla Harvey, our correspondent, she's our intern, actually, I guess, for the summer, is going to be there. I'm going to try to get her on for the Thursday show. She doesn't know this yet. So if I don't email her before Monday, and if she listens to this, she just found out she's going to be on Buckeye Talk. But I need to email her today and get that lined up. But I think she'd have some great insight as to someone who's doing this for the first time. And, and, and she's out there each week calling recruits and uh, like to find out what's going on with uh, what she's finding out from them directly. Anything else our, our listeners need to know about the show this week?
0: So let me tease something. Um, and this is, this is all good. It's not bad. I have an announcement on the Tuesday pod. And what the Tuesday pod is is going to be will tie in to that announcement so get ready for that announcement and that's what the tuesday pod will be and you can find that out in a day interesting i'm not sure you know everything about what is being announced and i'll tell you when we get off the air
1: here okay i, I think i have some idea but yeah uh, you can fill in the the missing details as we do here every day five days a week force doug reese i'm nathan baird That was Buckeye Talk.